With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're putting the band back together. From the Twisted Minds, we brought you the original fan ball. We had a bad pile of stuff turned goat piss in the gas this is the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. And welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here with my co-hosts, John Tuvey. How you doing, John? I'm doing well, thank you. And Jay Clemens, you're doing well, I assume? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to be a jerk anymore. I'm not going to tell people awesome. I'm fine. You don't need to ask. You know. We made it to episode 15. Did you ever think we'd make it this far? <laughs> How many more till we get to syndication? That's, that's the key, isn't it? That's when the big bucks start rolling in. This was a TV show. <laughs> if this were a TV show, we'd be in the middle of season one, and we'd still have another five seasons to go before syndication. So, yeah, it, it's a grind. If no. this were a TV show, we might have been canceled already. Now, <laughs> now the pilot might not have gone folksy. off the ground. Here's the thing. We're folksy people, you know? We, it's a good listen. People that do listen that tell me on Twitter, no, very few people actually complain um, outside of they, – they tend to think that I, my voice trails – at certain points when really I don't perceive Yeah, we're in Minnesota. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. too nice to complain right now. <laughs> so let, let's get into what just happened this weekend. Uh, a lot of poor offensive outputs, except for by the Rams somehow. Well, huge. of course, yeah. I mean, everybody knew the Rams <laughs> were going to blow man. people out of the water. Well, it's <laughs> something that uh, we got right. We can probably touch on that slightly in the yeah. next segment. So – there are some injuries this weekend, some uh, some really painful ones to see because we've already had several painful ones. John, you want to tell us a few of those? Well, let's jump in with my guy, Danny Woodhead. Uh, that, oh. that one hurt a great deal. If you saw how the Ravens were using him on the first drive before he left the game, that's what I was envisioning for the full season. I mean, he was 3-for-33 uh, receiving. on the, He had a, a carry on that drive. I mean, he was he was set up to be exactly what I thought he was going to be and then went down with the hamstring injury. And now it's going to be a significant period of time is, is the timetable they've given us. So I know. Um, he yeah. was on pace for nearly 200 receptions, too. Exactly. Wait a minute. What was, <laughs> the what's the timetable? Is it there a isn't tear? Significant period significant of time period is, of is time. all they're telling us. Oh, that's a tear. Yeah. You know, well, every, even a strain is a tear. So no, just well, a no, degree. a strain is something you can come back three to four weeks, significant it's amount of time, right. that, that yep. says six to eight right there. Yeah. So, and uh, one of your guys that you're all over, uh, Buck Allen, uh, tw- jumped in with 21 carries, which he managed to turn into 71 yards. The interesting thing for me was they didn't throw to any backs. Mm, that's I mean, weird. They, they led the NFL last year. And they <laughs> uh, set a franchise record for fewest rushing attempts, and they had 42 carries 
yesterday. So <laughs> I, the first we, we talked about their first five games, they've got some fairly easy run defenses coming up here. This might be a great time to own Terrence West and or Buck Allen and then this, g- get out. This is the saddest stat sheet I've ever seen before <laughs> from a team that won by 20 points. I know. They had a max of three catches, and that guy was knocked out, what, Three minutes into the second yes. quarter? Okay. Though <laughs> so Macklin had two catches for 56, but the other one was just a, a harmless eight-yard thing. Not a single, I realize, score has a lot to do with it, just like uh, Panthers 49ers yesterday. But not a single Baltimore player had more than four targets. That is sad. Can, that is a sad stat sheet. Can yeah. I ask you just a fundamental scheme change question? I mean, like, did the the Ravens were widely talked about. They lost hundreds of targets over 300 targets i believe from their offense they've lost they don't really have a starting tight end they had or they got new white completely new wide receivers is it a different team now like are they not they led the nfl in pass attempts two years in a row is 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 it just a completely different team now and we shouldn't expect what we saw the last couple of years i think i think they could be yesterday given the opponent i don't know that they're going to be allowed to run like that every game going forward. But yeah. this first month, I think they might be. I, I think score dictates a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I... You're up that much, you're going to run. I had that argument with Church on over the weekend on the radio show. Um, you know, I was trying to tell him that Flacco's averaged 45 uh, p- pass attempts against the Bengals the last eight times he's played them. I mean, he had 17. I mean, if that doesn't... Dic- that score dictates so much. And here's the thing. We've, we've, we've said this many different ways... NFL coaches don't care about fantasy, obviously. So, like, like as soon as this score got out of hand, I knew it was just going to be just something horrible, short of maybe A.J. Green or Bernard getting, like, a late touchdown with no time left, you know, just worthless to them, but 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 meaningful to us. It was, it was pretty bad. Well, Woodhead out, significant period of time, potentially hamstring. We have three injuries that were potentially worse than, than him, and he's a pretty big name. We also had Allen Robinson. He's out with the torn ACL for the year. So, I don't know. What do you think, Jay? Who's who's next man up? Is well, it Hearns, or are you just selling all wide receivers in Jacksonville? Here's now? the deal. When I first found out about it yesterday, I'm watching TV. I'm like, okay, this is a bad thing, but maybe this will be a good thing. It'll help D.D. Westbrook. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. He's on the six-week injured reserve yep. thing. So, even if you thought, well, this is something that he could pick up right away, you know, I'm sorry, Alan Hearns is a decent receiver in the NFL, but he cannot carry. He's not a wide receiver one. Marquise Lee, uh, he's a slot re- receiver. Uh, Justin Blackman, you know, would have been great four or five years ago <laughs> in this position, like, uh, you know, to save the day, but there's nobody there. Like, I'm a little worried. Like, uh, you know, Sometimes I, I, for I forget some reason, they still have the rights to Justin Blackman. <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for the Jags. But it's hard to defend this group. The only saving grace is that they have a running back who can at least take the pressure off the receiving yep. thing. But, man, the, like, uh, there's no one I would touch outside of Fournette on this entire team. I, and you nailed it on the head. He touched the ball of the 50 touches that uh, the Jaguars had in week one. Fournette had 29 of them. <laughs> Again, I don't know that game script is going to allow that. Sure. But that's where that team was heading. And one of the reasons I was down on Robinson heading in. But... If he was going to have that success, that was going to open things up for Robinson. Now it's going to be a whole lot of eight- and nine-man boxes for Leonard Fournette. And and he'll get the volume. Whether he'll be effective, I'm, I'm not, uh, not uh, quite as sold. I think the number we're going to see at the end of the year when we look at pro football reference, 
regardless of whatever Fournette gets yardage touchdown-wise, the number will be 3.8 as in yards per carry because they have no choice. <laughs> if they have any interest in winning it now, their defense is great or their defense looked good against a really bad offense yesterday. Um, but it's the defensive running game that is the only thing that can get them to seven wins this year. And so uh, Fournette better stock up, buddy boy, because he's, he's getting the carries. Well, they're already one, one win in the books and leading their division, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the AFC South division leaders. I'm not making this up. Somebody on the radio yesterday, before the game started, referred to the AFC South as the most improved division in, in, in the – in the NFL, I almost got in a car accident listening to that. <laughs> like, this is before we saw the Colts play, you know. In oh, man. So, Kevin White is also out the, for the year, most likely, with a collarbone injury. Um, if not, they might as well just sit him anyway. It doesn't seem to matter. Well, the, the telling stat there was that 14 of the 40 targets uh, of Mike Glennon went to wide receivers. They were heavily to your guy, Tariq Cohen. They were heavily to the tight end. They were heavily to Jordan Howard. Um Kendall Wright and Josh Bellamy had the most targets among wide receivers with four each. I still think the the value guy here and the volume guy is going to end up being Kendall Wright. The the ties to the uh, Dowell Logan's era in Tennessee suggest that there's going to be volume, but it ain't going to be pretty, and I'm not going out of my way to load up on, on Bears receivers, that's for sure. You know, in watching the game, it felt I, – I see that it's four targets each – but in watching the game, it felt more like Bellamy. It, it just did and for it, at some the reason. End, I, I think he probably stepped into the right role, uh, and, yes. and so next we week. saw more attention to him. And, and he might be the the go to guy next week. But like I said, I still think uh, still think if if I'm forced at gunpoint to add a Bears wide receiver to my roster, it's going to be Kendall Wright. I think Jay's shaking. His <laughs> it would head almost like, have to he's be just, a gunpoint. Yeah, Jay's I think just he's saying just shoot me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, like, no, no disrespect to Kendall Wright, but, uh, you know, I, I as I, I wrote today in Revelations, we just published Revelations not too long ago. I didn't know who Tariq – well, I knew the name Tariq Cohen, but I had not really watched him live. I don't know if that offense can function without him now because it's Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, and I don't know how else they're going to do it. It's uh, yep. the, like Deontay Thompson maybe, you know, like, uh, ugh, man. You know, you think of all the guys you see in college football and, like, Hey, he'll play on Sundays, and then he doesn't make a team for whatever reason. The Bears are full of guys that somehow made the league, but you can't figure out why. <laughs> yeah, and losing their top two wide receivers, that's, that's rough. But probably not as rough as Arizona possibly losing David Johnson. Yeah, we're, we're looking at, any, I mean, the estimates have been half the season or he might play next week. I mean, yeah. we, do, we don't know at this point yet um, if you're – a Kerwin Williams owner and you enjoyed the five carries for 10 yards or the <laughs> one catch for two yards, the, the vulture TD hey, he two got yard average either there, way. There you go. Um, <laughs> it won't be pretty. And, and that probably suggests lots of Carson Palmer, uh, that, that offensive line better, <laughs> better nut up and, and learn to pass block. And Larry Fitzgerald's going to get those 15 target games. Uh, I'm just waiting for later this week that when they re-sign Chris Johnson for a week oh, or something. You're probably it's right. Like every you're, other you're, you're probably right. Uh, Chris Johnson, I would take him over Kerwin Williams. I, I mean, mean, he's like, not yes. on the yeah, team yeah. right now. No, but, no, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like they, they, they. Chris Johnson knows he, he yeah. where, where his where he's going next week. Yeah. You know, like, and keep in mind, a lot of veterans get cut 
week one so they don't have to guarantee it. But And they have these little side deals of like, hey, stay out of trouble for week one. You'll, you'll be back week so two. So do you go with Arizona and, and knowing what you've got in Chris Johnson, or do you dip into Ryan Matthews if he's healthy, Matt Jones? I mean, is sure. there – D'Angelo Williams? Yeah, there's I, some warm bodies out there. That, I consider all options. D'Angelo you know, Williams is, is not is, a terrible option for No, he looked pretty good in Pittsburgh. This yeah. is in all hands on deck – Kerwin Williams, we love you, buddy, but you're the Scott Tolzien of the running backs where we want you on the <laughs> roster, but we, we don't want you getting any kind of serious time. I, I don't know, but Bruce Arians just a few years ago thought that Andre Ellington was going to be a 2,000-yard yes, back. So, yes, so maybe they need to get him more involved. Well, yeah, when David Johnson first hit the ground, I was watching that game live, or at least on Red Zone, that was the very first thought. I was like, you don't, may, you don't go crazy like that unless you broke something. And so uh, I will be shocked. Even if he plays next week, it'll be one of those things where he gives it a go. How about we move on to some things we got right or wrong this last week? Jay, I heard you on the radio talking to Charge. You called Nelson Aguilar as a guy to pick up now before it's too late. Hmm. Let's call it for what it is, though. I did it on a hunch, not not <laughs> actual scientific numbers. I, here's the thing. I'm not a fan of Torrey Smith, and so, uh, is, and, but I was a huge fan of Jordan Matthews. So once the deck's cleared, I know Torrey Smith is technically – I got my hands and I – in quotes again. He's technically the wide receiver too. But Jordan Matthews was essentially a combo slot guy. But Torrey Smith can't really do the stuff in the slot that Aguilar or Jordan Matthews can do. So I figured that would open up the possibility. And, yeah, Aguilar's first touchdown was luck. It was basically uh, Carson Wentz scrambling like crazy and then, then hitting a guy downfield. But the, the, he should have scored a second touchdown. That was an amazing play by Wentz, he, by the way. They lined him up as a backfield. And he ran a motion, and then he sprinted back the other way, and he would have walked in the end zone if Wentz hadn't thrown it like slightly behind him. He still made the catch. How many times yeah. did he have to yeah. tip it up yeah. to himself like, with Wentz? Here's the thing. It's terrible. Like, you know, Mike Lombardi, who I used to work with at Sports Illustrated back in the day, uh, you know, he, he's got his blogs wherever he is. He, he called Doug Peterson last week the worst coach the NFL is pre- head coach has produced in, since in like 20 years. And I wow, was like, based wow. on what? Now, granted, Mike Lombardi has a contentious relationship with the Eagles. That might have something to do with it. But <laughs> did you see the, how the players reacted to Peterson the other day? Like, like I thought they were very aggressive in their play call. They were creative, too. And so this is all a, a thing of Wentz is in year two. He's more settled. And now they know how to use Nelson Aguilar. And so I'm not projecting great things, but I certainly thought Sunday would be a good day. Six catches, eight targets. 68 yards and one touchdown should have been two. The telling fact for me, like you mentioned, the the touchdown was flukish, but they had design plays. The one was a, it ended up being a fumble that what the play where they yep. ran uh, Aguilar out of the backfield and threw him, and then they ran it the other way at the goal line. That tells me they want to go out of their way to get the ball get in this involved. guy's hands. So yeah, I'm I'm on board with and, uh, with. And let's be honest, it's kind of a put up shut up year for him too because he has all the talent in the world. But if either they don't know how to use him or he doesn't know how to adjust to the game, which is it? So I think we'll find out this year. Yeah, so let, let's go on to something you got right, John. Good. And so we'll gloss over the whole uh, 49ers offense debacle. Oh, which uh, we, we were all wrong. Yeah. We were all, Gar- well, Garcon we still were, had a good day, but not nearly what we thought. We were all wrong, but in different spots. Like, I wasn't high on the passing game, but I was super high on Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde actually had a decent game. For the, he didn't have that many touches. I think he had 87 yards, so, you know, which is okay. Something you can like live that. with it. But, but in we a week like this, wrong. that was like probably fifth in the NFL. <laughs> we were all rushing. wrong on different parts, and even Church. Church had was telling anyone, Brian Hoare, I mean, everyone yeah. just looked horrible there. Yeah. Well, and maybe we were underselling the uh, the Carolina defense as well. I'm going to give them a little bit more credit. But uh, uh, like I said, yes. we'll gloss over that and go to something that uh, I absolutely nailed on the head. The two worst offensive lines when I did my rankings earlier in the uh, preseason and then just uh, last week when I updated them 
were the Seahawks and the Bengals, which generated uh, their offenses a total of zero touchdowns yesterday. The Bengals were shut out at home for the first time in I don't know how long. Five sacks to Baltimore, no points. Um, now they've got a short week, and they are at home to J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney. You know, I, I thought A.J. Green was the one guy that was immune to this, but he had uh, historically he, he tortures the Bengals, five catches, 74 yards. I'm extremely worried about every element of the Bengals' offense. And in Seattle, they took three sacks uh, against Green Bay, uh, generated three field goals. Russell Wilson spent the entire afternoon running for his life. Was this two or three games in a row that they played at Green Bay, terrible games? Yes. Uh, I, I think it suggests they're going to try and get Chris Carson going. I mean, he looked pretty good uh, running behind a, a really bad offense line, but they have to do something because otherwise teams are going to be pinning their ears back and, and coming after Russell Wilson. And that was an offense that I had hoped would you know evolve into a passing game. I thought Wilson has enough mobility that, that offensive line, yeah, it's bad, but but he can get outside the pocket and, and do some things. Ugh, it, it was not pretty at all. Those offensive lines are bad enough. And then the running back situations, Carson outplayed Lacey, in my opinion. And if, if Lacey can't get up against the Packers when he's at his best weight and healthy, I'm scared. And then Cincinnati, what did they have? Seven carries, eight carries, and nine carries, or seven touches, eight touches, and nine touches for the three backs. Right. <laughs> What's going to go on yeah, there? Two I mean, running games that uh, you probably don't want any piece of, and, and the passing games, there's there's lots of uh, lots of concern. Seattle gets San Francisco, whose defense, uh, I won't say they were picked apart by Carolina, but they they have some they have some growing pains. So we'll get to see what Seattle can do this week. I got lots of stuff wrong too. <laughs> Bilal Powell, I, I think I've learned. I just can't trust the Jets at all. I, no. I just don't think that offense is going to move. And they started out with four touches to Forte instead of Powell. They, the Jets are intentionally tanking. <laughs> I, I can tell you that much. He Powell didn't have a terrible game, eight or nine points, but wasn't good either. The one I got right was Tarek Cohen. I wrote about him twice, and Zach Ertz, really. But I wrote about Tara Cohen twice this week. Uh, he was the poster boy for my No Game Left Unturned article as a, as a sneaky value. And I personally took him out, out, out of all my lineups uh, <laughs> half an hour before game time. So I'm of course unhappy you Are you about kidding that. Me? No, I'm not kidding well, you. What kind of idiot does that? I, like a, I know, taught him all week, and then I get like this I, gut I feeling. I taught him all week, and I didn't run tail. Yeah, I got this. Like a, you know. I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with me, but well, at the last minute, I just screwed it up. You <laughs> have whatever the whatever John Fox and, and Della Logans had because Tree Cohen was not on the field. Just call him Kenny Loggins at from the, this point forward. At the end of the game for the Bears. And he, the announcers were noticing, like, why is this guy who's been kind of the crux of your offensive success all day not on the field in crunch time? Yeah, it was a great matchup for Cohen. He the, the Falcons allowed nearly seven receptions to running backs per game last mm-hmm. year, which so it was a game made for Cohen. And, and let's be honest, you don't really like the, I'm sure the coaches covered well, what are we going to do against him? But until you see a guy on the field, like, you, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, like I was writing this week, the rookies are going to be huge on the waiver wire, but not all of them are going to shine like they did when no one really pays attention to him. It's kind of like a baseball player that gets promoted from the minors. No one knows anything about him. He has really good stretch to start out off, but once they figure out a book against him, they do it. They defend him much better. Yeah. Yeah. And that he, he will have a lot tougher weeks. He's, 
He's not the bell cow. Jordan Howard's still touched him by a ton. And I will say this about Jordan Howard. People are like, oh, he'll be a better pass catching back this year. You know, he dropped five passes in a game last year. He had eye surgery. He's going to be better. Still dropped the ball in this game because he turned his head. He you, turned his head. I don't know if he dropped the ball. He just kind of – here's yeah. the deal. Like I heard somebody say today that he would have scored a touchdown. No, I think he would have been knocked at the half-yard yep. line. Yep. Now that would have given them options at the half. But as right. soon as he dropped that, I was like, oh, there's no way they're yeah. winning this. Yeah. yeah, turning your head has nothing to do with <laughs> with your eyesight. As, That's and, all your gameplay. And as I wrote yesterday, uh, at watching – Mike Glennon dance around in the pocket. He will not be winning any dance competitions after he retires. <laughs> uh, that is for sure. I also mentioned Cohen on this podcast last week. So for those of you that actually played him and listened to that, good job. Uh, not good job on me for taking him out last minute. What was I thinking? Who did you, I'm curious. Who did you take him out for? In one, in one of them, I had uh, Todd Gurley, Zach Ertz, and Cohen in. I switched it to get David Johnson, and I had David Johnson, Kendall Wright, and I put in – uh, Evan Ingram and I wanted to kick myself because all three of the players I had in balled out okay. and and it was mostly uh, another one was just Kendall Wright for Cohen straight up three three thousand for thirty one hundred um, I figured Kendall Wright was probably a safer play I was on board with Kendall Wright this and week as well I got that wrong it's it was just rough for me switching out last minute there all right, so let's move on to what got our attention. We've already talked about a ton of things that really got our attention this week, but let's start with you, Jay. What caught your attention from week one? Well, I, this isn't necessarily an attention thing because people expect a lot from him, but Matthew Stafford was brilliant in that game. And if you watched it live like I did, uh, or you know the majority of it, or, or you just looked at the box score, everything turned out okay. Um, I've been clamoring for for years even when kelvin was on the team that the lions needed a a third receiver you could depend on well we have we they finally have it in kenny galladay sometimes it slips out tj um, jones looked good too I no was, no no I, but tj jones is fine when he's, he's not a red zone guy. guy he's not a goal line he's guy. fine between the 20s sure but kenny galladay nope. brings this thing this new dimension that stafford frankly hasn't had he's always had kelvin but he's never had a third receiver like this and yeah. i granted he's a rookie but I, I loved Kenny Galladay those Tuesday nights watching Mac football on ESPN. <laughs> it really, it really paid off. Um, so, but I'm trying to. But at the same time, I want to caution people: don't be fooled by his stats that look remarkably like what he would do in 2011 when he threw for 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns, things like this. The Lions are still committed to the running game. Their running game really was bad yesterday, but they're committed to this, and they're committed to Stafford being. Uh, proficient in keeping his uh, not no desperation heaves one per quarter like he's efficient like his if you take the last two years and yesterday his completion rate is something like 68 percent now that's what the Lions want so it's not so much he's catching your attention but don't think that what happened yesterday will be the normal thing they're they're still a conservative offense in tone and it's meaningless until they get a running game I hope that's true with most players in the NFL. <laughs> Hoping, <laughs> you know, the so many did so poorly. I hope that's not going to continue. And well, it's you know, he, <laughs> but I know Matthew. Consistently, yeah, he's, he's going to come down. He won't throw for three hundred and four. Stafford's every, ranking. Week. Well, no, I know that, but yeah. Stafford's <laughs> ranking consistently was somewhere between fourteen and sixteen. So a lot of people are thinking, oh well, which he, is weird considering how yeah, many times he's been a now, top twelve he's, quarterback. He's a top ten to top fourteen guy at best, even on his best day. Um, you know, over like a two, three week period. And so I, I, it's a important, I feel great that he had a good game, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the Lions are built for running success. They just haven't had it yet. They went out and acquired Ricky Wagner and TJ Ling. 
uh, during the off, which the two Vinos, those were run heavy acquisitions. So just keep in mind, the Lions are seeking balance. Mm hmm. And, John, what caught your attention today before we get out of here? <laughs> what caught my attention was uh, the Oakland Raiders going out and signing Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch uh, marching into the stadium looking good. They get to the uh, – they, they ran four plays, uh, X and goal. Yeah. And Marshawn Lynch did not touch the ball on any of them. They were all passes to Amari Cooper. One touchdown, three incomplete passes. Lynch's only carries in that area. He had a third and three carry that gained two yards at the five. And then on fourth and one from the three, he gained a yard and got the first down. But I bought Marshawn Lynch as a guy that they're going to use to punch it in. Three shots. I was surprised when they didn't on that that one series. You know, the first the first touchdown pass to Cooper, it was short of the goal line, and Cooper carried the pile for five yards. So that one's on Amari, and maybe you got to reward him again and give him another shot. I'm not sure, but why why don't you go to Lynch? Any of those times inside the five yard line, I, I just I was I was scratching my head as a guy that owns Marshawn Lynch in uh, in touchdown heavy formats. I thought this is not what I signed up for, so that that caught my attention. I'll take the converse of that. I actually thought he played a lot better than I thought he would. Oh, I thought he looked yeah. good oh, yeah, too. He looked it's great. just and that that did, goal line role that did, was confusing. You see Tony Romo, who I thought did actually a decent job yesterday. He marveled on the one play where Lynch ended up getting to the two because he got hit early in the backfield, and he was like, oh, that's all him getting there. And, like, he, he looked pretty good for a week one. I, you know, I, I know people want the goal line carries. They're very similar to what Gilsley had the other night against the Chiefs. If you're down there, you know, unless you're trying Watch to win a down. Super Bowl, you give the ball to Marshawn Lynch in that thing, um, <laughs> that situation. Um, but for the most part, I thought he, he looked a lot better than I thought he would. I thought he would be carrying that piano on his back, and I didn't see that at all. No, he looked good between the 20s i just that's nice that's bonus for me what i shelled out for was marshawn lynch from the three and in to get me some touchdowns and didn't happen and i'm i'm concerned but you know if cooper lands at the one on that bull rush you know lynch gets the ball i mean like it's these are i don't don't know they they got the the play before the three the two shots to cooper was at the one yard line it was first and goal at the one and i was like obvious marshawn lynch nope yeah, so they threw, I don't know. Yeah, the play before it's one bef- game though. So. Right, exactly. And yeah. and as a Cooper owner, I, I wasn't disappointed to see him throwing to him. I just uh, you know, as a Lynch owner, I thought this is what I'm paying for, and I'm not getting it. By the way, you tweeted me during that game yesterday with a <laughs> smiley face, Mar- uh, Mariota rushing touchdown. Was yeah. that in reference to my squawking about how he only averages two per year? Y- yeah, you yeah, were saying yeah. he needs to do more. Yeah, I actually and wrote like... today in Revelations because you kind of jogged my memory. <laughs> I'm like, don't expect a rushing touchdown in week two. He's already halfway to his seasonal quota. <laughs> yes, uh, he really is. <laughs> pretty sure the Raiders were among the league leaders in giving up quarterbacks. He looks fast on that run, too. Yeah. He's he is a fast guy. I, mean, I know. I'm pretty I, I watched sure him in Oregon. I love him. We line him up here at the parking lot right next between us and Target Field, that uh, Mariota would probably win. You know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you let me run halfway to Target Field, and, and Mariota will still beat me. I mean, we're, we're what, about, I don't know, 300 yards away, 400 yards away from Target Field? I don't know. I'd need a relay to it, do it. It feels like sure. we're a million miles away since I've yet to go in the stadium, but, yes, oh. <laughs> we're close. All right. So let, let's wrap it up here. All right, so we talked about a lot of things that are going to be in articles coming out today and tomorrow on fanball.com. You can also go to our lobby. We have plenty of Monday through Thursday and Sunday-only contests up for you to join. We already have our Week 2 pricing out. We'll have other DFS, more DFS-centric podcasts during the week. And just a reminder, 
always a good idea to put guys that have potential injuries, like Odell Beckham Jr., in your flex. <laughs> just so you don't get stuck with them. You can easily swap them out for not just a wide receiver, but any player. That's uh, it's always a smart move. to th- Those iffy players, put them in your flex on fanball. Don't, uh, don't suck up a wide receiver spot and then be stuck to one position. And uh, I think that's all. Anything else, John or Jay? No. Nice to have uh, week one almost under oh, under our belts. Now we just got to fight traffic here in downtown Minneapolis because I think uh, the big trucks are in for Monday night football. And yeah. uh, all those Saints fans, hopefully they brought some gumbo I can find a tailgate to jump into. The joke's on you guys. I'm leaving right now. I, I want to be traffic. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't even think of that. We have to drive right by U.S. Bank Stadium pretty much to go home. So Really? Well, I drive within the other way. Looks like I'm the smart one for once. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, living on the wrong side of the cities, I guess, for me. Anyway, for John Tuvey at J Tuvey on Twitter, for Jay Clemens at M I N underscore J Clemens, and for me, Scott Fish at Scott Fish twenty four on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.